Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Thanks, Nick. Um, Jimmy Bruni there, Porsche factory driver for many years, winner of the final GTE Pro race at Le Mans last year, alongside Frederick Makavecki and Richard Leitz. And great to see that he'll be in a Porsche 963 prototype. Jimmy's got amazing experience in uh, in GTs, of course, but uh, he was a very good single-seater driver, of course, drove in, in Formula One uh, with Minardi. And uh, he uh, he actually, in GP2, he beat Lewis Hamilton a couple of times. So um, he knows what a high downforce car is all about. So can't wait to see what he can do in that 963. Great to see that, uh, that uh, going well. Well, a new racing hour is almost upon us. Uh, 17 hours to go here at the 61st Rolex, 24 hours at Daytona. And it's time for an early VP Racing Fuel in-race update, the official coolant of IMSA. Stay frosty. Well, there's nothing frosty about Pippo Durrani's pace at the front of the field. Car number 31 for Action Express Racing and Cadillac. Four seconds to the good from Porsche Penske Motorsports, Nick Tandy and car number six. Alex Lynn uh, is in third in the 0-2 Cadillac. That's the blue-fronted machine. Just a, just a shade right behind Nick Tandy as well. So a great battle going on for second position between the two Englishmen. Then it's the Kiwi, Brendan Hartley for um, uh, Wayne Taylor Racing Acura with Andretti Autosport, the Konica Minolta branded car. Car number 10 is in fourth position. In fifth, it's the 0-1 car uh, driven at the moment by Sebastian Bourdais. That was the car that got contact from the rear when Scott Dixon was on board. They've recovered well. That yellow's allowed them to get back into uh, into contact with everybody, which is great. Elio Castroneves, the story of the last half an hour or so, uh, the number 60, Mayashank Racing Acura, made a mistake on the restart going into turn one, spun around, flat-spotted his tyres and had to come in for new tyres. So he's actually just dropped off the lead lap. And Colton Herta for BMW hanging in there as well. Car number 24 is in seventh in GTP at the moment. In LMP2, well, it's the brilliant bronze himself, Ben Keating, who continues to shine at Daytona International Speedway, amongst others. Car number 52 for PR1 Matheson Motorsport leads at the moment in LMP2. Car number 35 for TDS Racing, Francois Hérault leading at the moment. And we just spoke to Jimmy Bruni from Proton Competition, his teammate, Fred Purdad, car number 55 in third. Matt McMurray in the 04, um, uh, the, the 04 Algarve Pro racing machine for CrowdStrike. Uh, it's fourth in class. Machio Vaxavier, the car number 88 for AF Corsa. That's the shiny metallic chrome machine. It's fifth in class in LMP2. In LMP3, well, an emerging story in LMP3. Car number 36, the Andretti Racing Machine. Incident responsibility for contact with the number 18 Era Motorsport LMP2 drive through which is being served exactly as we speak, Jeremy. And immediately before that, uh, that car made that serve that penalty call, I think it was just overtaken by the number 33 car. I believe mm. uh, Nolan Siegel, unless you're he was correct, came you are pitch. correct, yes. Uh, so Nolan Siegel has tracked down and overtaken, I believe, uh, Rasmussen, certainly leading the class at the moment. Question is, was, was did he take lead during that pits when the 36 car came into the pits? Net effect is the same. Yeah, uh, so Nolan Siegel for Sean Creech Motorsport, car number 33. That's certainly the most patriotically liveried uh, machine out there. It's got the stars and stripes on it as well. So uh, it's uh, leading at the moment, car 33 for Sean Creech Motorsport, Nolan Siegel. Uh, Rasmus Lind uh, will lose his position in second, so Guilhem Oliveira, uh, car number 43, will move up into third. Then it's James Vance and Wayne Boyd at GTD, as has been the case throughout the week, three out of the four practice sessions here, a GTD car, which has to run a mixed driver lineup, has been fastest ahead of the GTD Pro cars, which can be filled with pros, and they, in the most cases they are. Um, Mikhail Grenier, number 32, uh, Kortov Motorsports Mercedes, leads the way ahead of David Pittard's Heart of Racing Aston Martin, uh, which is a pro car. Then it's the Daniel Juncadella-driven 
number 79 Pro uh, Mercedes. That's the WeatherTech racing car um, with Cooper McNeil uh, taking a slight step back from racing, but he's in that in the driver uh, lineup in that, that car as well. Marco Sorensen, one half of the the Dane train uh, in. Uh, fourth in the of the GTD cars, and then fifth of the GTD cars, and third in pro is the number 14 Vasa Sullivan Lexus of Ben Barnacote. So we've got many manufacturers up there at the front in the GT classes, and the race roaring on nicely. That is your hourly VP Racing Fuel in-race update, the official coolant of IMSA. Stay frosty. So you can tune in to us around the circuit, 107.9 FM or on RS2 as well. You can also find it the uh, live video if you're outside of the United States and your territory doesn't have a network TV deal. Go on to imza.tv.com or imzaradio.com where you can get the audio and the visual feed absolutely free as well. Jeremy. Is that the leaders coming through the... She can no, I don't think it is, is it? Uh, I, I try, just trying to figure out. Elio Castroneves is trying to get his lap back in the number 60 car. Yeah, he has done, I think. There he goes. Where is. You are correct. Yes, he has. He's uh, just got it back as there Elio Castroneves. Yeah, so I think, uh, uh, I, I think maybe just a couple of laps ago, Elio Castroneves was able to unlap himself and get back onto the lead lap then in car number 60. He's still a long way behind uh, Sebastian Bourdais but uh, is now back on the lead lap. Well, Meyershank Racing might be hoping for another caution period to try and get back into the fight of it, but a uh, long way to go here in the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Very interesting indeed so far, these GTP cars. And I tell you what, Jeremy, they've really raced well. They, they draft yeah. well, they, they, they really are giving us a good product of racing. Uh, all the technology is fantastic, we love it, but they've got to race well. Yeah, uh, we've, we've seen a bunch of, uh, of positional changes out on track. Uh, and uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, these cars are super super fast on the straights. They don't quite carry quite the same uh, cornering speeds as before, but nothing like the same cornering speeds as before. The, the mid, the, uh, the sort of minimum speeds through the corners are a good bit down on the old DPI cars, but they, boy, they make it up on the straightaways. and. Uh, they, they're running about 10 miles an hour faster than the older breed of cars. So uh, it, uh, the, the drivers love these, love these GTP, GTP machines. I mean, they've got plenty of horsepower. Yes, the car's heavier, but a lot more power, and you can really feel it coming off the corner. I spoke to several drivers. Uh, well, most of the drivers say this is the fastest car they've ever driven in terms of the sheer horsepower and acceleration. Wow, that's quite a boast. That's quite a boast for many of the drivers uh, in this field. And it's also the delivery as well, I suppose, Jeremy, with that hybrid system. You know, many manufacturers in the, in the road car world uh, uh, have used hybrid technology to improve the performance of their cars, not just the economy of them, the performance of them, where you're filling the gap, and if it's a turbocharged car, particularly filling that performance gap with the electric motor as well. So, you know, very cool to see that. And, so, talk, talk, listening to the uh, team principals in the press conference this morning, uh, you know, one of the one of the assembled media asked, "Would the manufacturers have the same engagement if there was not a um, if there was not a hybrid system?" And they all said, "No, it's absolutely essential to engage yeah. manufacturers to have this hybrid system in these cars." Yeah, that's exactly right. That was a big part of the whole. Uh the, 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 the whole you know, rules exchanges that the, the, the uh, manufacturers all getting together with the uh, the ACO, uh, the organisers of the 24 Hours of Le Mans, and the at IMSA for the IMSA World Tech Sports Car Championship, and all the manufacturers were adamant they wanted some form of uh, of hybrid technologies in there. Uh, thankfully, it's not quite as they've not got two or three different hybrid systems like the WEC cars had a few years ago. Uh, but uh, this seems to be, it, it ticks the manufacturers' boxes, and right now it's ticking our boxes as well because providing a tremendous motor race. Uh, Alex Lynn, by the way, is caught in the number 02 car, is uh, still battling away with Nick Tandy, that battle for second and third between the Porsche car number 6 and the Cadillac car number 02. Well, they've pretty much been joined now by George Brendan Hartley in the Acura car number 10. The race leader, Pipo Durrani, done a nice job out in front. He, led the way from this from the restart from the end of the uh, last full course caution which was 
218 laps, so 17 laps ago. He leads now by 4.1 seconds, does Pirani Durrani over Alex Lynn. So we got a you know, shuffling around there uh, as well. So Alex Lynn has gone past Nick Tandy. Uh, oh, right. So uh, no, sorry. Yes, he has. Yes, excuse me. Yeah. He has. Yeah. So uh, Lynn ahead of Tandy by two tenths of a second. And then Brendan Hartley's three seconds behind them uh, as things stand. So this is good. This is going to go on all night, all morning and to early tomorrow afternoon, 1.40, when uh, the checkered flag drops. Because all week in practice, Jeremy, we've seen, I think in one session, we had five cars separated by less than a tenth of a second. I've never seen anything like that in, in top-class prototype racing ever. Uh, GT, yes, but not never prototypes that close. It is pretty re remarkable, yeah. particularly uh, from so many different from four different manufacturers, mm. uh, and with with pretty much brand new cars as well. So yes, I think it uh, it bodes well for what is to come. It does. It does. So the uh, the. LMP2 leader at the moment, Ben Keating, but uh, being chased down uh, by uh, several uh, machines as well. But uh, 0-4 into the pit lane is with with uh, Nick Damon. Yeah, we've had that very quiet period after the full course, yellow, when no one bothers coming out. But luckily, the very small tank to the thirsty P2s give us something to talk about. And it is a 0-4, the CrowdStrike car has come in for a full service. Matt Murray's got out. The tyres are going on. I have, I don't know quite who's got in. They've got a very lovely ruby helmet that, that helps her identify them. The fourth tyre goes on again. They're reading the countdown meter on the, the little countdown meter on the fuel filler. It tells you how long. They also have to have a certain amount of fuel in. How much they're getting in? And just between the last bits of uh, adjustment, they pull off a tear off, and there's still fuel going in. Still fuel going in. Go 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 go. Looked like a good stop to me. It looked absolutely perfect. Thanks for that, Nick. Yep, the 04 CrowdStrike Racing uh, LMP2 entry goes out. They've got, they've got uh, Jeff Brown on the pit wall uh, with them, whose uh, son Colin's racing for the number 60 Myersank Racing Acura team. So he'll have to have eyes all over the place <laughs> to uh, keep keep on uh, keep on tabs uh, with with both of those. So fantastic stuff there. The driver who took over the 04 uh, CrowdStrike car, there was a uh, George Kurtz, the uh, car owner, uh, the owner of CrowdStrike, um, the internet, the uh, cybersecurity company, and. Well, good, that race is going, going very strong for them at the moment. Algarve Pro Racing running that car as well. So the uh, the number 36 Andretti Racing LMP3 car that served the drive-through penalty has managed to do so and stay on the, the lead lap in class. And it's just eight seconds off second position. So I, I think that was, the, the, I think it was the right penalty I would say Jeremy I mean I, I, I'm always going to go with what race control say um, and but they've they've been able to serve it without too much of an issue who was that sorry the number 36 Andretti LMP3 car I think that yeah. so they've served it but they've managed to stay on the lead lap yeah 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 it, it was just it was a drive-through wasn't it a drive-through yeah, yes, okay. yes, so, yes, yeah yes. it cost them uh, sort of 40 seconds or so yeah. and they, they're, they're still as you say still uh, very much in the thick of things there it'll be it's annoying but um not to no worse than that it wasn't like some of these other penalties for that the the uh, improper wave around number 18 car got earlier on that was a, a, a stop plus three, three minutes, minutes 20. 20 seconds that's yeah. you know, that's uh, i mean you know he to earn the penalty he illegally effectively made up a lap yeah so you have to take away a lot more than that you you take away effectively two laps worth uh, and a bit more so you know, the number 18 car having to work its way back from that is going to be a tall order and it's that car's in the pits again is it uh, yeah, yes it is yeah actually. so more more uh, work going on in the era motorsport car she adam has got a report on the inception racing mclaren i just noticed when it came through the trial the last time peter that the bumper is actually flapping on the left rear of that car went over to the team and said hey did you guys know this and they said oh is it flapping now excellent thank you so they realize that there's some damage they have to address on their next pit stop and speaking of damage to address that sun energy one mercedes was overheating. The team elected not to bring him in out of turn, though, leaving Axel Jeffries out on the track. He is setting 
blistering lap time, so maybe it's him overheating, not the car. But they have five bottles of water and then one giant one-liter bottle of water ready to put in. And slightly worryingly, the lump hammer up on the wall, and it will be a set of scuffed Michelins and a driver change. Fabio Schiller taking over that car. Thank you, Shay. She had him down in pit lane, keeping an eye on everything and even getting the teams <laughs> involved as well. TDS Racing, fans of the number 11 TDS Racing car, that was the car that uh, brought out the last yellow flag with a, uh, an incident at the Le Mans chicane. Uh, has come back but out from behind the wall, gone into its pit box, filled up with fuel and rejoined the race. So great news. I mean, super work from the TDS crew. There was a lot of damage, it seemed, to that car. And they've got it back. They've repaired it and got going again. That is the true spirit of endurance. Fantastic stuff there from the folks at TDS Racing. Do keep your tweets coming in here to the IMSA radio booth uh, at IMSA radio and we'll be delighted to hear from you. Uh, do let us know where you're watching from. Who are you cheering for as well? There's plenty of cars to cheer for. 61 entries this year for the 61st running of the Rolex 24 at Daytona. And Rolex has been involved for decades now at this race as well and we thank them for their support of this event. But it's Pippo Durrani who leads the way, but we can't be too far away from GTP pit stops, Jeremy. Uh, Durrani's been in that, uh, been out for 55 minutes. There is a bit of yellow involved in that, but it uh, it can't be too long before we see some of the GTPs come in for a bit of uh, pit energy. But we'll come back to that. Nick Damon has our leader in LMP2. And it's going to be a fuel-only stop. Driver staying on board. That's called Ben Keating. Tyre staying on the car. Uh, the little duct cleaning going on, but this will be a, a long drink for the Orica 07 powered by the Gibson engine. Of course, this Gibson engine has been uh, throttled back for this particular event. Uh, front right brake smoking, but this looks like it's going to completely stand the stop. And uh, given the fact that everyone else is stopping, it'll re-emerge back in the lead again, Peter. Thank you, Nick. Good stuff. So Ben Keating. Uh, just running in one car this year. We've seen him run in two cars in the past in certain events here at, uh, in certain years in the Rolex 24, but Ben Keating focusing on the LMP2 entry, entry with PR Matheson. And I remember last year, Jeremy, the, <laughs> the performance that Ben put together in the Mustang sampling Cadillac DPI. He'd never raced a DPI car before, and he was within a, a second of the top guys, so it, that sort of range, which is staggering. Yeah, massively impressive yeah. with Ben Keating last year in that in that Cadillac in the, the uh, wheel and engineering car. Uh, he's uh, he, this is his thirteenth Rolex Twenty Four, but on seven of those years he's driven more than one car. Wow! So uh, it, it, it's uh, he's he's kind of an Iron Man, but I think he's really relishing this time. Now he can just concentrate on one car, uh, and you know he, he's got he, he's has he won the race yet? Yes, he has. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So you know, he's got the Rolex. Uh, so box tick there uh, and uh, so he can you know, just concentrate now on, on giving giving his all for one team uh, and he, he's doing that uh, extremely well I agree yes you know he in the early stages of the race the uh, the bronze driver started in the LMP2s and Ben just cleared off at the start as well so we've got look, GTD pit stops uh, going on uh, car number 57 windward racing and car number 32 uh, the uh, uh, the Mercedes AMG going in there now is that will that be Nick Damon or she Adam I wonder uh, looking at that but tires coming off both cars and new ones going on with the number 20 high-class racing uh, LMP2 machine also getting a fill up of fuel the uh, mechanic ah, and they're pushing it back to get it ah, to get it around the uh, parked up number 32 character of Mercedes and off they go the 32 Mercedes in GTD. Nick Damon. The, the Proton P2, we spoke to Jimmy Bruni a while ago. That's only come in from first. It's got an extra lap than the uh, Wins car um, with the uh, 52 car, because that obviously has come in first, but they, uh, they even themselves up. This car will go back into second or third. Huge about detritus being caught, by, I can see in the front left, uh, so the rear left wheel arch, but uh, is the track has been getting dirty as we go on. This is a... Uh, a more relaxed two-tire stop, it appears to have been. Let me just check that. It sounds bad. Like, no, they have done four tires. They did do a complete set. This was very, very quick on the uh, right-hand side. 
windscreen clean, driver stays on board. And they'll be getting off as quickly as possible. There we go. And they'll be down and away as soon as the fuel's in it. You have to wait a long time for fuel this one, don't you? What a happy Tesco Greensfield Santa getting. And we got the wheel engineering car. Just turn round, and there was the wheel engineering Cadillac in. Uh, the door's open, but I think that's just for drinks. I don't think that's necessarily if people is getting out. I haven't seen any tyres being changed on the uh, on the car. That car's slightly out of spec. It's only just come in, so I would imagine that is no tyres in, Nick. Yeah, there's the wheeling car away. This has one on its side. Won't still be first when it exits. That Cadillac has done a standard stop fuel. And again, they, they, they are now addressing these cars with those little pressurised fillers. They give them a bit of oil, a bit of water, a bit of a top-up, you know, natural burn of a racing engine, uh, keeping everything topped up nicely. So car number 75, uh, Sun Energy Mercedes, down on the apron uh, with the left-hand indicator on, so an issue there. Um, so making its way back to the pit lane slowly. She had him down in pit lane. Down to you, Shay. I watched that stop, Peter, and I was not satisfied with it. Neither were the IMSA officials. The crew members did that hand across the throat signal. They didn't want to push their car all the way back to the garage, so they put just enough water in it that they would be confident that it could drive itself back. But all the mechanics have vacated this pit box. They are going straight back behind the wall. I'll try and grab a word with Axel Jeffries. He's just trying to debrief with his crew. I'll yell up when I've got him. Thanks, Shay. That's brilliant. Number 70. Uh, thanks for that information. That's number 75, Sun Energy 1 Mercedes. So uh, scheduled to go back behind the wall. Oh, that's not good news. Yeah, they're clearing the pathway. But mind you, it's making its way down to the end of the pit lane. So it's driving straight through. So maybe did get a maybe did get a, a drive through. I'll just look at my race control. No, nothing there. So we'll we'll get back to you on that one. So the number thirty one uh, wheel and engineering Cadillac uh, was brought in by Pippo Durrani. Was taken out by Jack Aitken in his first Rolex twenty four hour at Daytona. Um, and great to see him taking part in that car uh, alongside full-season drivers Alexander Sims and Pippo Durrani. Now, so the Sun Energy 1 Mercedes has gone back out of pit lane. Um, to what I could see, it didn't stop. The left-hand indicator is still stuck on. Um, it's a slightly bizarre one there for the Sun Energy 1 car. Now, at the moment, it's... Where is it in its stint at the moment? It is... Uh, ah, but it was hard to tell. How many laps do you know, Jeremy? Had uh, the it, came, it last came in about 200, uh, which was so during the course period. So, yeah, I mean, uh, so it could have been due one, but I didn't see it stop. So something going on, something afoot at Sun Energy 1. Uh, but you could be sure that she, Adam, will be on top of it. And we'll get us uh, get us the scoop then. Hopefully we'll get a chat with Axel Jeffries uh, as well, who's just uh, briefing away. So, uh, GTP is in the middle of the pit cycle at the moment. Uh, Whale and Engineering first to take a trip down pit road, going for fuel and no tyres. We're seeing that a lot with the GTP cars, um, having to double stent their tyres because they, they can't just throw new tyres on at every stop. They have a limited tyre allocation uh, that they only have for the race. So yeah. um, they need to make need to be careful with that and get the best out of that, Jeremy. Yeah, around, around a total of 31 laps on that stint, but uh, it, that was uh, one of the cars that came in uh, immediately before the full course caution and then didn't stop again during the caution. So uh, it went 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, uh, 8 laps of, of yellow flag running there. So a little bit earlier than I would have anticipated. I would expect the other cars to stay out at least another uh, three or four laps before they come onto the pit lane. Chi Adam, down to you. Axel Jeffries, that was a blistering stint from you. I thought the car maybe was overheating because the crew grabbed out as many water bottles as they could get, but then that doesn't seem to be the issue. Do you guys even know what's going on? I think we've got a small leak in the radiator because we're getting quite high engine temp, uh, but we're not too sure. So the team's trying to figure out the solution now. It's a real shame because I think we had a strong car and the team did a great job. Let's hope we can fix it and carry on. Thank you. No worries, thank you. Thanks, Shay. That's uh, Axel Jeffries for the number 75 Sun Energy 1 Mercedes team. That's the chrome blue and flame orange uh, car. It's the, one of the easiest cars to spot out on track. Heart of Racing, Aston Martin, their Rolex 24 going very well this year. They've had another scheduled stop for their car number 23. 
Uh, that's their pro-class car that was brought in by David Pittard. Um, and I didn't see if there was a driver change or not. We'll come back to that. Nick Tandy is in the pit lane with car number six for Porsche Penske Motorsport. And they are going for new tyres on that car. And obviously a full tank of fuel as well. The pink uh, pit lane lights on on the front by where the headlights would normally show from. And the coming back to the heart of racing, Aston Martin, it was David Petard who brought that car in and has taken it out again. So another stint for David Petard, the Englishman. And GTD and GTD Pro, it's quite different to what we saw last year, Jeremy. The GTD Pro category really did bunch up and come to the fore and forge ahead of the GTD regular class uh, here at the Rolex 24. There were other races where that was more mixed up, but this year it's been much more mixed up than we saw last year. So a lot of the GTD teams really punching above their weight. Yeah, I mean, it is so competitive in GTD mm. uh, and we've just seen some tremendous racing. Uh, it certainly seems from this rate that the, the Mercedes and the Aston Martins look to be very, very strong. Uh, but the, it's going to be interesting to see whether the Lamborghini, excuse me, whether the, the Lexus uh, can keep up. They've shown good pace through the weekend as well. They've been there or thereabouts all the way through. The uh, new Porsches clearly not up to speed with everybody else at the moment. In fact, you could almost call it a Porsche class at the moment. Yeah. And it's the number nine car, as usual, as was the case last year, that is leading the way of all the Porsches. Oh. But they're a long way behind everybody else. They're two laps behind now. So a spin is a, a prototype. Uh, car number 20, high class racing at turn one, does a flick turn and points it back towards the correct direction of travel. So that's a, that's a, uh, that's a shame for them. That's, now there's a surprise, that's Raffaele Marciello, the uh, Mercedes factory driver who won pretty much everything last season. Uh, one of the top GT drivers in the world, but prototype wise, not as experienced. He was uh, part of the Ferrari Formula One junior setup, so he's no stranger to downforce, but he's really made his name in, in Mercedes GT cars. So, uh, Raffaele Marciello spin at turn one, but no harm, no foul. Uh, the only thing might be they might have to come in for um, for new tyres if they flat spotted. GTD uh, pit stop 0 2. Uh, Cadillac has made a pit stop, as has the number 10, Wayne Taylor Racing um, uh, with Andretti Acura. Car number 7, Porsche Penske Motorsport going out the pit lane as well, and the 0-1 Cadillac as well, so uh, full complement of GTPs there coming in for the stops. And did you see the, whether they changed tyres or not? I did not, yeah, uh, right. I, I did not, but yeah. uh, uh, perhaps uh, perhaps, perhaps uh, we'll, uh, we'll be able to come back on that one. Uh, so Vassar Sullivan Lexus uh, also taking a pit stop as well. Off they go. Another great job by their pit crew. That's the pro car. They've got a pro car uh, with the red number board and the GTD car in green. So the green car is number 12 and the red car is number 14. So, so this should put so Jack Aitken back into the lead of the race. Ah, so yes, Jack Aitken in uh, the Cadillac 02. Leader of the LMP2 class, LMP3 class, excuse me, is Sean Creech Motorsport. And they're down with Shea Adam. Nolan Siegel will be staying here and I'll be able to grab a conversation with him in just a couple moments' time because Lance Wilsey has gotten back aboard. Oh, they like the boss man. They gave him a windshield tear-off and all of a sudden he can see everything. Makes such a big difference, the windshield tear-offs do. Just waiting on fuel, they've done all four tires as we are also anticipating the arrival of the Andretti Autosport LMP3 machine. Let's see. Thank goodness, Lance Wilsey moves out and in comes the Andretti Autosport. Now, we are also having a driver change here too because Gabby Chavez has run around the far side. So that means that, uh, who was that who got out? Dakota Dickerson, was it? Uh, no, it was Rasmus Lind. Rasmus Lind is out having completed his driving stint and they are doing fuel and tires for the 36 as well. Thanks, Shane. Uh, so pit stop complete for the number 24 BMW M Hybrid V8 run by Team RLL. And uh, that car is still uh, still hunting in there. Of course, the sister car, the 25s, had a lot of issues so far, and they're just more in a kind of testing mode now as well for the rest of the race. But car 24 very much in it. Colton Herter brought in that, that BMW M Hybrid V8 for a pit stop. 
Um, and that, uh, that BMW M Hybrid V8, it's using an XDTM engine, which they've turbocharged, the V8 petrol uh, motor, uh, twin turbocharged as well. So Philip Eng has got on board that machine. So Colton Herta off for, uh, off for a rest and a stretch, I'm sure. Yeah, it's been a good stint by Colton yeah. Herta. has run some good laps, consistent laps. Uh, the car is still one lap down, but plenty of time to make up that lost lap. Uh, I'm sure, that, I mean, we've had, well, if there are any more full scores cautions, you can have an opportunity, perhaps, to make up that lap. They didn't take that opportunity they had last time around, but um, it's quite likely, high likelihood that there will be another one later on. Now, as I said, Jack Aitken in number, number 31 wheel and engineering Cadillac did retain the lead of the race after that round of pit stops, but he's now got Elio Castroneves right with him. I'm not quite sure where they are on the racetrack because we haven't seen them late. They should be coming up... Uh, towards us there was not get much of a gap between them as they came across the line last time and uh, Elio Castroneves of course slightly off sequence with uh, the other contenders having made that uh, long stop earlier on yeah well Shea Adam is down uh, with the leaders in LMP3 Sean Creech Motorsport Shea Nolan Siegel it was a very important debrief for you upon getting out of the car telling your dad how the stint was so what did you let him know what did you tell your dad after getting out of the car oh no just about the stint I think it went really well I think the car was really good and I had a fun teammate with my HMD Motorsports teammate Rasmus Lind um, so yeah a lot of fun out there and um, cars working well you like this driving at night don't you yeah yeah I'm enjoying it I'm having a lot of fun so um, it's going well and yeah, let's see if we can keep it up. Do you get much of a break now? Um, I don't know. I hope so. Um, that was a long one, so we'll see if I can get some time off, maybe get a nap in and then get back in and do it again. Well, we'll talk to you in the morning then. Enjoy your rest. Thank you. Thanks, Shay. So Sean Creech Motorsport in a really good position at the moment. Uh, Marshank Racing have come in for their stop. Ariel Castro Neves bringing the number 60 Acura in. Uh, off sequence a little bit, uh, but not too much from the GTP. It's just a kind of handful of laps. Uh, car 64, TGM Aston Martin and GT, uh, GTD Pro made their stop. Uh, when Trinkler bringing that car in. Also the Rizzi Competizione Ferrari, uh, the 296 GT3. Beautiful machine. Uh, that car was brought in in GTD Pro by Davide Rigon and Ferrari. They, they didn't show. They didn't show a great. Well, certainly the Rizzi Ferrari didn't show the pace that we maybe expected in practice. But, but come race day, they've really turned up on race day, and they're up there in the top three in GTD Pro. So uh, Rizzi's uh, Rizzi's boys, they've pulled it pulled it out the bag on race day. It seems, Jeremy. Yeah, there's a surprise. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but look, the um, yeah the. the their ultimate lap time isn't as quick as uh, many of the other contenders. Uh, so they've done that, I think, uh, more than anything else on guile and consistency and just making no mistakes. It's been a good run for the Risi Competizione team, but they don't seem to, at this stage, quite have the pace of the uh, other front runners in the class. And uh, we heard uh, a while ago, who was it? It was Tommy Milner lamenting that the Chevrolet Corvette wasn't quite as quick as some of the other contenders either. Uh, although it certainly turns some good lap times, and that car was leading as it came into the pits to make this stop just now. Well, they're all a modest bunch. So, well, Corvette are definitely winning the competition for the best burnouts uh, in the, the field so far. Uh, Antonio Garcia, the, uh, the man from Madrid, has just done a huge smoky burnout uh, throughout the uh, out of the pit box as well. So Corvette running very good as well. Uh, Antonio bringing that car in in the lead of... GTD Pro Corvette Racing, such a well, uh, such a well-oiled outfit. And it was fantastic to have uh, Doug Feehan in the box uh, with us here on commentary uh, an hour or so uh, ago. Always good value is uh, uh, is is Doug and Antonio Garcia. Well, he's the three times a winner of this race with Corvette Racing in 2021 and 2015, but in 2009 was with Brumos uh, in a Daytona prototype, a, a Brumos Porsche, so that's a, quite a cool thing to have on the CV. And he was doing a bit of training before coming out here at the uh, Andorra ice driving uh, track as well, getting very sideways, so I suppose that makes for good burnout practice, I guess. <laughs> Seriously good fun. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just been, a, ever since he came over here to the United States, uh, Jeremy, he's just been a superstar. Yeah, he's such a good driver. Yeah, he is. He's he's uh, 
Got a good head on his shoulders as well. Mm. And uh, lots of experience in all sorts of different cars. And always going to be a contender. So it's Tom Blomquist who's taken over from uh, Elio Castro Nevers in the number 60 car. Just trying to figure out whether or not he is a lap down. Where is he on the race track? Uh, well, well, I can let that one shake out. Of course, one of our Porsche keys to the race is uh, look at the yellows, work the cautions. And, you know, the 24 BMW crew, yes, they're not on the lead lap at the moment, but they are only on one behind that, Philippe Eng. And uh, there's one thing Bobby Rahal's... Uh, uh, crew, the team Rahal, Letterman, Lanigan crew will do everything they can to make sure they work the strategy as well. And they're pretty close as the number one uh, Total Quartz uh, Paul Miller Racing BMW comes in to pit lane. This is this is actually their Daytona debut. Shay, you're down with the number one car. It's just fuel and tires for them. Maxime Martin staying aboard for another stint. As I was walking down the pit lane, I just happened to see this car. And also in behind them, we've got the right motorsport Porsche, the number 16. That's fuel tires and a driver change. Jan Halen being installed behind the wheel. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're trackside, perhaps take a half step back. And Shay, you'll confirm this for me. Is Jan Halen's grandfather is Richard Petty? Is that is that right? Uh, his uh, great grand or grandfather-in-law, I suppose you would say. His wife Margaret, who is here. Hello, Margaret. I know you can hear us around the loudspeaker. Thank you. She is the granddaughter of yes, Mister the King, Richard Petty. That's very cool. Yeah, that and is... the coolest thing was that Jan Halen got to wear Richard Petty's hat at his wedding. Well, that's, that's just Sub-Zero. That's not cool. That's Sub-Zero. <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. And Jan is a very cool guy. Uh, owner of uh, Cafe Racer Bicycle Shop in Dunedin, Florida. Loves living over here from Belgium originally. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, if you want to get a, a proper high-end bicycle for some cycling in Florida, he's your man. Um, and I tell you what, they've done a super job with Wright Motorsports. Um, really, really the, the combination of Jan and Wright have... Uh, brought so much success for across their various programs over the last few years as well showing that if, when, when drivers are comfortable in their environment they can really really shine speaking of jack aitken is shining right now he's uh, opened up a 5.3 second advantage at the front of the field remember he's not raced here before um of course a, a very experienced single-seater driver top level single-seater driver but uh, making a kind of switch and general change of direction towards sports cars and i think that's what well, i think that's a very uh, wise move with the uh, the amount of the amount of competition we're going to see in sports car racing over the next few years with all these new programs and uh, jack aitken leads the way by five seconds from brendan hartley who's under a lot of pressure right now from one of the other cadillacs the zero two of alex lynn so it's an, Eng it's an Englishman from a, uh, it's a Brit from uh, Kiwi from another Brit and at the front of the field. So Cadillac from Acura from Cadillac. Brendan Hartley, a driver with huge amounts of prototype experience. Of course, a driver in the uh, Toyota factory squad. Winner at the Le Mans 24 hours with both Porsche and Toyota. So knows exactly how to get the best out of a hybrid prototype racing car and that experience Jeremy's surely got to be helpful with these new GTP cars surely. yeah I think so I mean these are very complicated cars and uh, any experience of uh, electric te technology is going to be uh, beneficial for sure uh, Tom Blomquist uh, is still on the lead lap I think in the sixth position and so he's got to he's yeah. got to really look at his reference of where the red Cadillac is, the car number thirty-one for Action yes. Express Racing. Jack Aitken, where is uh, Tom Blomquist in uh, comparison to that as well? And uh, again, uh, work the cautions. The, there goes the uh, Marshank car car past us to complete its two hundred and fifty-second lap. Meanwhile, the race leader, Jack Aitken. Is coming in towards the trial. Is on the, there he goes. Yes, so he yeah. is. So that confirms then Tom Blomquist is still on the lead lap from Myershank Racing Acura. Yeah. So, so he's about that's good uh, news. maybe. Yeah, he, he comfortably on the lead lap. So yeah, if there is another full call caution, he, he he doesn't have to pull any funky Trick strategy. He's going to be, he's yeah. going to be, yeah, going to be <laughs> back. He, he is on the lead lap in any case. So yeah. very, very much in, in contention. And uh, yes, yeah, so that's the top six cars all on the lead lap. Pretty good going after, where are we? 
seven hours and 40 minutes. Hours yeah, minutes that's quite, that is, yeah, that is which impressive. Is, which is cool. I mean, yeah. it, it, Daytona is, I mean, the, it's an incredible facility here. A lot of, a lot of time on full throttle here, Germany. Uh, yeah. Germany? Jeremy. Uh, you can tell we're getting late into the evening. <laughs> uh, but wh what about when we get to Sebring? Because Sebring is another, oh, yes, it's less racing time, but it's a vicious circuit with big bumps. I mean, yeah. Is that going to be a worry for the teams? Do you think? Oh, I, absolutely, it is. Yes, I mean, but the, but but then most of the teams have been to Sebring. They've done endurance tests yeah. at Sebring as part of the kind of regular development process on these cars. That's always uh, cars. A lot of the WEC WEC teams, even when Sebring wasn't around the World Championship, would go to Sebring to test their cars because if it was if it was uh, strong enough to uh, to 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 have the consistency there and not have any uh, undue problems then it was probably going to be pretty good for any other track they're going to go to on the on the WEC schedule I remember speaking to Owen Hayes who was one of the uh, he was at Porsche for a long time and there uh, was at Team Penske and he told me he said when you stand beside a car on one of the shaker rig the kind of uh, multi-post shaker rigs that they test the cars on and they run simulations of different races and he said when you stand close to one of those shaker rigs doing a Sebring simulation, you just can't believe that a car can possibly <laughs> survive that. Uh, Owen's actually uh, here working with the uh, the MDK uh, motorsports team, Mark Cummings' uh, team, and uh, they could really get a better guy on the uh, on the squad there. Um, Owen's got so much experience at the factory level, um, a really good uh, really good brain to to have on board. True that. Yes. The gap's increasing at the front, Jeremy. Jack Aitken now up to 8.7 seconds at the front of the field as Brendan Hartley's coming under huge pressure. Alex Lynn is right on the back of Brendan Hartley. And, oh, big lock up there for Hartley as that opens up the gap and Alex Lynn tucks it in the inside. Hartley gives them the room as they come onto the super speedway. They're absolutely side by side. Who's got the horsepower? Is it the Acura V6 or is it the Cadillac V8? And I tell you what, that Acura's got some grunt, but here comes Alex Lynn as they approach the Le Mans chicane. Absolutely side to side as well. Who's going to be last of the late breakers here between these two drivers? This is your battle for second. And Hartley hangs on to it. Hartley hangs on to it. So Lynn's going to have to find another way. Jeremy, great stuff from both of those. Very respectful, close racing. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, discretion a better part of valor there for Alex Lynn. He was on the inside. He had the inside line. They were absolutely side by side. As you said there, Peter McKay, big lockup going into turn six for Brendan Hartley on that lap. And it, that enabled the Cadillac to get right alongside. And that was just a, a drag race all the way down through down the back chute towards the Le Mans chicane and it looked like Alex Lynn had the uh, preferred line on the inside but he didn't want to take any risks there really smart driving from Alex Lynn uh, and uh, he allows Brendan Hartley to cut across from the the optimal outside line it's a faster line from the outside but Hartley's just got to trust that Alex Lynn's uh, not going to uh, Stuff it in rather more deeply. Who's that off the road? Oh, that was Brendan Hartley, Hartley again. puts two wheels off the road on the exit of the International Horseshoe on full throttle there, going towards the kink. So Lynn has really got Hartley under pressure. He's driving ragged. He's having to really get the best out of that. And oh, Lynn trying to just sneak up the inside there as they're trying to get past the right motorsport Porsche, who's just getting back up to speed after a pit stop. And the right Porsche gives a bit of room there. Very nice coexistence there from those two classes as well. So Brendan Hartley really ragged and on the edge, on the exit of the International Horseshoe. Two Michelin tires onto the grass, hangs onto it just. And again, exactly what you said with the last incident there, Jeremy. Discretion is the better part of valor. Alex Lynn sensed that happening and I think had to breathe out the throttle there to avoid running into the back of Brendan. Yeah, I think you might be right. It's, it's, it's a great racing going in there and just, just really sensible driving from Alex Lynn. Mm. I mean, all the Ganassi drivers are kind of not, not, not literally on probation, but it was extremely embarrassing. <laughs> a Petit Le Mans at the end of last season when the, the two cars got together while in very much in contention for the win and that all went out of the window in one swell foop at turn one when they they tried to occupy the same piece of asphalt uh ended up doing neither both running off off the road and that was a disastrous day for that team so uh it wasn't i don't think it was alex who was driving the car at that particular point but he was he knows how upset chip was uh, after that incident so he, you know he, he knows there's a long 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 way to go in this race there's no point 
in taking any more risks than you have to. No, poor, uh, poor, well, poor Alex only had to watch from the pit wall. It was yeah. his teammate who was in the car at the time. Um, um, that I, I can't imagine for well, it, that's that it's racing. It, it can happen. It can happen from time to time. But I wouldn't have wanted to be in that debrief after yeah, that race. No, it no, was it wasn't pretty. No, I I could imagine. I could imagine. Sean Creech Racing, uh, car number thirty-three. Uh, they continue to lead in LMP3 in that category with their yeah. Stars and Stripes machine. They're running really well. They've been running well all week, Jeremy. Yeah, they have absolutely right. And Lance Wills, he's uh, he, he's had a couple of spins earlier on. Uh, in the in in this race but he's going in the lead of this race he leads by 17 seconds over the andretti autosport car that's car number 36 gabby chavez at the wheel of that car at the moment and then the uh, the young portuguese guillem de Oliveira in the mrs gt racing car number 43 right there he's only he's less than half a minute behind them in the third position so the tower, give us a spirit of thought for the Tower Motorsport uh, crew, car number eight in the LMP2 class. Uh, they, they had a really difficult start to, to the race. They had uh, some technical faults. Uh, they've been involved in a, an incident with the number 60 Marshank car at GTP, but they are fighting hard. Um, they're still about 10 laps off the LMP2 leaders, but if they use one of the Porsche keys to the race, work the cautions, 16 hours to go, you never know. But they are fighting hard. Scott McLaughlin, the three-time uh, Australian V8 supercar champion, Bathurst 1000 winner for Team Penske and now IndyCar driver with Team Penske, he's here uh, with his uh, bus bro, uh, Joseph Newgarden. If you've not seen the bus bros, uh, do do look do look it up. It's very funny, um, and yeah, Scott uh, really uh, really settling into this LMP2 car. Although these IndyCar drivers uh, um, with the no power steering, Jeremy, they've got to be built pretty 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 muscly. And and Scott commented that actually fitting into the Orica was a bit of a bit of a challenge that he didn't quite expect. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he, you know, he, I mean, he's he's slimmed down a fair bit, hasn't he, to drive the Indy cars? So Oof. he he's, uh, he's takes his fitness very very seriously, mm. uh, and uh, I, I think he expected a bit more room in the cockpit <laughs> of this car, but it's not there with all the the technology that's in these these uh, uh, GTP cars. There isn't <laughs> there's just about room for the driver. <laughs> Yeah, of course, the, the GTP cars built on a very similar platform as the LMP2s. So, yeah, tight in these uh, prototypes. G Speaking of the of the, the, G the GT cars, they are, uh, at the moment, that's uh, led by David Pittard for the heart of racing. Aston Martin leading by two, by two tenths of a second from Jack <laughs> Hawksworth. Wow. Yeah. Lexus. So it's Aston Martin versus Lexus at the front in GTD Pro. Those are the two leading GT cars. They come through the Le Mans chicane for now. Jack Hawksworth, the Englishman, um, who's really made a name for himself over here in the United States as well. And a real stalwart of this Lexus team. He's brought Ben Barnaco in to drive with him. Two Englishmen in that car. And uh, they make a great combination. Trying to hold, get a bit of a draft from the number 23 at Heart of Racing Aston Martin as they hit right at the very top of sixth gear through the tri-oval. And then hard on the brakes into turn one. But uh, David yeah. Pittard, he's, uh, he's not intimidated by uh, Jack Hawksworth oh. beginning to loom in the mirrors, and ah, nor a, should he be. He, no, no, <laughs> as, as a factory Aston Martin yeah, driver, absolutely. absolutely not. David Pittard is uh, yeah, not uh, exactly a household name, but uh, he's, he's a very stout performer. That's yeah. why he has very that good opportunity. Yeah, is he? Okay, mm -hmm. well, he, yeah. Yeah, he's good everywhere. Yeah, uh, he but uh, look, uh, only a second or so behind that pair is Michael Grenier in the GTD leading a non-pro uh, quarter of motorsports mercedes car number 32 right behind grenier is a similar car running in the pro category daniel yukadela in the WeatherTech racing car and also right there hanging right there with that leading group is antonio garcia in the number three corvette uh, five seconds farther back is indy doncher in the winwood racing uh, mercedes car number 57 then there's a bit of a gap back to the second of the heart of racing Aston Martins, the non-pro car, number 27, driven at the moment by Ian James. The first of the uh, the first of the Acuras um, is the car number 93, fifth in the um, uh, fifth in the GTD class. Ryan Briscoe 
a former uh, Ganassi Ford driver, a former driver for Wintailer Racing, uh, and uh, Team Penske, of course, raced the Porsche RS Spider with uh, much success, as well as, of course, his exploits uh, in Indy cars as well. And uh, Ryan won this race a couple of years ago with, uh, with Wayne Taylor uh, in his Cadillac at, at that point as well. So great to have uh, Ryan back in the championship with us. He's racing the Racer's Edge, uh, number 93 uh, Acura as well. So just ahead of Marco Bertolotti in the uh, leading uh, Lamborghini Huracan GT3, the pro car, car number 63. So David Pittard continues to hold off Jack's Ho Jack Hawksworth. So two pro cars, both front-engined V8s, battling away here at the Rolex 24 hours at Daytona. 16 hours and 10 minutes to go. So we're really getting into the thick of this race now and... Uh, yeah, through the through the night, Jeremy. It's amazing how they just roars on with the same intensity. Yeah, it really is, and and metronomic lap times really by the GCP cars at the moment. Uh, Brendan Hartley actually turned a, a 137.9 on that lap. On the previous lap, all of the top six uh, six cars were in the 38s, uh, and uh, Tom Blomqvist he's comfortably ahead of Jack Aitken on the road. He's probably about 20 seconds ahead of him on the racetrack. There's the last car on the lead lap, but he's still got uh, the better part of 50 seconds behind the fifth place car, which is Renko van der Zander in the 0-1 Cadillac racing. Uh. So in, in LMP2, uh, we should be getting uh, some. Uh, we should be getting some more uh, pit stops coming in uh, in not too uh, in the not too distant future. George Kurtz has been in the uh, CrowdStrike Racing by Algarve Pro uh, machine for 39 minutes. And we'll, uh, we'll see. They were, they were first to pit in the last cycle, so uh, that would make a lot of sense as well. In fact, I can see commotion at uh, CrowdStrike Racing, the mechanics all just getting ready uh, for that car to come in with George Kurtz. Um, so... Uh, we are down in pit lane. We have Shea Adam, who's getting all of the scoops and keeping an eye on all that is going on down here at the Rolex 24-hour at Daytona. And uh, Shea, down to you with Alex Riveras. Alex, happy belated birthday, first and foremost. Uh, a nice present would be a watch, but I've got to ask, cars leading at this point in the race, are you going to find it easier or harder to get any sleep if your car is in the lead? Uh, I mean, that's a very good question. Uh, First of all, for sure being here for my birthday, that is already the best present I could imagine. Uh, this is my favorite race worldwide, so uh, to be here once again is, is a privilege, I, and I don't want to take that for granted. I think it's very easy uh, when you are in the, in the midst of uh, trying to perfect everything with the car, with the driving, and fight for every tenth to, to uh, lose perspective and realize how lucky we are to be here this is amazing. I, I just love everything about it. Uh, but for sure, uh, the nerves are a bit higher than other editions because I think we are, we are definitely in contention. But at the same time, it's a very long race. I mean, we are not, not even close to uh, halfway. Uh, we barely crossed the first third of the race. Uh, and all we got to keep thinking about is staying out there, burn fuel, burn tires, let the, let the clock work for us. You clearly have a car that's reliable. You've done a lot of driving in this car, going up against the Mercedes, which is also a very proven car, and the Lexus. How do you outsmart them to try and stay out front? Well, um, I think that right now there's four cars that are pretty much uh, on, on the same type of pace, uh, which is basically the Merc, the WeatherTech Merc, the Corvette, the Lexus, and us. Um, and it's gonna come out on the on the last little bit right at the end where we can see which car has the most space. Right now, I think everybody's trying to be conservative, take care of the car, save fuel. We know how important fuel is in, in IMSA. Um, so it's hard to tell exactly where we are, uh, but I think in the last six hours of the race, we're gonna start to see the real speed of, of those beasts out there. This is one family one team ultimately two cars 
you guys have three drivers, the sister car, the 27, and GTD S4. Do you look at them and think, oh, they get a little bit more sleep and get jealous? Yeah, well, you know, there's pros and cons. We get more drive done, they get more sleep. But at the end of the day, I have to say, um, on my last thing before I got out of the car before, we were, it was Roman and I, and he was right behind me, and we were going through the field chasing that, that Corvette, the number three Corvette. And when we got out of the car, we were both like, bro, how much fun was that? Like, just like feeling like we were like a team in combat, just like overtaking people, chasing after people, and like working together. There's no better feeling. Like, that's, that's beyond winning. Enjoy every second, Alex. I know you will. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's Alex Rivera with the number 23 Heart of Racing Aston Martin. Brilliant. Thanks, Shay. That's great to hear from uh, from Alex Riberas, and it certainly looks like a lot of fun out there, that's for sure. Now we've got a special guest joining us in the IMSA radio commentary uh, booth, um, Neil Verhagen from BMW. Neil, welcome. Thank you for having me here. I know. Thank you for coming up to, to chat to us as well. Well, this has been an eventful motor race so far. What's been your takeaways so as a pro driver? What do you spot that we don't hear in the in the commentary box? Lots, I'm sure. <laughs> as you said, uh, it's definitely been a very eventful race so far. You can see that uh, that some of the GTPs have been very racy uh, from the beginning, which I was quite surprised with, actually. I thought everyone was going to uh, nurse the cars home a bit more. Uh, we've definitely taken at BMW a little bit more of a, a safe approach, let's say. We haven't done too much to, to risk the car yet. Uh, unfortunately, with the, the 25, we, we spent a lot of time in the garage, which was unfortunate, but I know the guys are working extremely hard to get the car back out on track and get that mileage, which is so important for us right now to keep developing the, the car. So, yeah, from my point of view, uh, that's where I've really been watching the race. Everything else looks like it's been uh, very interesting to watch as well, too, especially in the GTD and GTD Pro classes. There's a lot of battling going on in between there. The Aston Martins look very strong. Uh, and so is the Mercedes. And tell us a little bit about your journey with BMW and wh wh where you began and, and where you've come to now, because you've done a lot of cool stuff, which we're going to talk about in a, in, in a moment with them. But tell us a little bit about your journey with BMW. Yeah, so actually uh, just starting here in 2020 was my first year as a BMW junior team driver. And then uh, for the past couple of years, I've been working with the BMW junior team. And finally for this year, I've got the promotion to the works team as a factory driver now. So really cool now to to be able to to say that i'm a factory driver it's something that i've been working very hard for and now to uh to finally have that accomplished is is the first step and now it's to, to push and win some of these big races oh congratulations that's fantastic and the one thing that i've i've heard a lot of of the top bmw factory drivers who are in the gtp cars in the rll cars uh who have a lot of them have been with bmw for a long time and they talk about the bmw family and how important that is and how much they enjoy racing for BMW. Have you, uh, have you felt that say, since, you know, since you've been with the brand as well? Yeah, for sure. No, it's definitely uh, a very tight-knit family over in BMW, and they, they treat their drivers very nicely. And uh, I think we have a, a great relationship with, with the management of BMW Motorsport, how uh, they respect the drivers and, and how much they uh, you know, value us. And, and that's awesome. As a, as a racing driver, you get to you know, show your full potential then, and you, know, you can really blossom and that's definitely what i felt inside bmw is that they've they've given me the room to to grow and to to learn what i needed to learn and, and now that uh they felt that i was ready they gave me the opportunity and i can't uh, be happier to grab that with two hands and, and take that on and they certainly uh, they made you prove yourself because they put you you guys to the test you and your junior team colleagues at the, one of the fiercest if not the fiercest racetrack in the world the nurburgring i remember calling the race with you guys to, no, last year or two years ago, I think it was as well. Tell us about racing on the North Side. What was it like the first time you, you, you got going in that track, especially in a GT3 car as well? It's, it's serious stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the first <laughs> time uh, GT3 on the North Life. I mean, North Life in general is just so difficult to, I don't think anybody hasn't mastered yet, but uh, there's definitely drivers with a lot more experience than, than others. And coming to the North Life as a, as a rookie, there's so much that you need to learn and there's so much that, that goes into that process uh, of, of everything that you need to take in at once. And it, it can be quite overwhelming. Uh, but I remember doing my, my first laps in the GT3 and, you know, I felt that uh, that I was doing a good job and, you know, and then all of a sudden one of the pro drivers came flying by and then I was like, wow, this is this is what the, the limit's really like around there. But uh, luckily was able to pick that up quite quickly and we've been very competitive around the, the Norschleife. 
Uh, and yeah, looking forward to coming back uh, this year and, and competing again. Hopefully uh, we can have a bit more success than last year. Well, that was going to be my next question. I'm delighted to, to, <laughs> to hear that you're going to be back to, uh, to, to the Northlife as well. Now, the BMW now at the, the very top uh, they, for the first time in over 20 years, they've, they're back in prototype racing, which is fantastic to see them. When are they going to throw you the keys to the GTP car? If you ask that, I bet you've asked that question. Yeah, no, that's uh, <laughs> that's definitely one of the goals. Obviously, now that BMW is in the the top level of sports car racing, that's uh, that's where I'm aiming. That's what I want to do. Uh, you know, this this class is obviously so exciting. How how fast the cars and how impressive the cars are. I got uh, a little bit of a taste of it in August of last year. I was able to to get behind the wheel of it, and the car is absolutely phenomenal. So. Uh, yeah, I'm working and pushing hard to to try and become a, a full-time driver there. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely <laughs> it's a goal of mine. Yeah. Wow. So where did you drive it? What where, where was that experience? Uh, that was at uh, an aero test track in Italy called uh, Virano. Ah, uh-huh, I know. I've heard of it. Yes, I've heard of it. All top secret stuff. You must have thought, how have I managed to get here? This <laughs> top secret car, a top secret place. Yeah, no, actually, it was uh, it was a bit of uh, stressful to get there because it was one day after Spa, 24 hours uh, of, of last year, and uh, coming into the last 45 minutes of Spa, we were on for for a podium in our in our first uh, running there, and uh, yeah, then the questions came. Well, if we get the podium, then we need to stay for the podium, but we had a flight that was leaving from from Frankfurt, so we wouldn't have been able to make the flight and, and then you know but unfortunately with 45 minutes to go we had a puncture and then we ended up finishing uh fifth in our in our first go at spa so then we had enough time to make the the flight which was obviously very disappointing then because uh yeah when you have the the opportunity to have a, a podium there that was that was pretty cool pretty exciting but uh but no anyway then it made up for it a lot then driving the the gtp car then and uh getting a taste of that Final question before we let you go, because I'm sure you're, you're gripped to the action like, like we are here in the, in the box. Uh, now that you're a, a full BMW factory driver, do you get a cool company car? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one of the perks is I got a nice little upgrade on my company car. So uh, I've ordered the new M4 competition, the G82. So <laughs> I'm looking forward for that to come in. Oh, do they replace the tires for you? <laughs> Unfortunately, not. No, I think they do that on purpose because if yeah. not, then all the drivers would go crazy. I think that that's very sensible. BMW very <laughs> sensible. Well, Neil, we, we wish you all the best with your your racing this year. Congratulations on the BMW contract. Very well deserved. Uh, and enjoy the rest of the race. I appreciate. It. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Neil Verhagen there from. Uh, from BMW coming to join us here on IMSA Radio. Do send in your tweets to at IMSA Radio um, to myself, Peter Mackay, and Jeremy Shaw up in the booth. And we'll have uh, Bruce Jones and Johnny Palmer joining uh, from 9 p.m. No, no, excuse me, from 2 a.m. I'm getting get my time zones mixed around. 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. The night shift with Johnny Palmer and Bruce Jones powered by Sacred Coffee. Uh, coming up a new we've just gone by a new racing hour goodness just like that it's time for an hourly in-race updates from VP Racing Fuel the official coolant of IMSA stay frosty well it's Alex Lynn that leads the way at the moment by 1.5 seconds from Jack Aiken then in third position it's Brendan Hartley so it's the two Cadillacs from Chip Ganassi Racing 02 the number 31 uh, Action Express Cadillac and the number 10 uh, Konica Minolta Acura. Those are your top three at the moment. Then it's the first of the Porsches. Nick Tandy sits just 13 seconds off the lead in the number six Penske Porsche Motorsport Machine. Then in sixth position, excuse me, fifth position in uh, uh, GTP, car 01, Renger van de Zander for Chip Ganassi Racing. Then in sixth it's car number 60, Marshank Racing Acura. Tom Blinkfist back on the lead lap after uh, a little uh, spin for uh, Elio Castroneves earlier on. And then uh, just off the lead lap in the BMW M Hybrid V8, car number 24, Philip Eng as well. So BMW not out of this by any measure at all. Do not write off the team from Munich. In LMP2, it's Ben Keating, the brilliant bronze, who leads the way uh, in car number 52 for PR1 Matheson Motorsports. Then in second, it's Fred Purdad for Proton Competition. Fred doing a super job 
in LMP2 there. A, a car he doesn't have a huge amount of experience in, very experienced in Porsches, but uh, uh, doing a great job. In fact, he's just come down pit road, actually, just as we're speaking about him. Car number 55, Fred Purdad in to pit lane. The Proton Competition Mechanics leap into action. Fuel going in. No new tyres, though, interestingly. So down to Shea Adam, who does have the 55 Proton Competition car with her. It's going to be fuel only in a new drinks bottle. Oh, no, it is the driver changes. Fred Pordat is out, and I think that's Jimmy Bruni climbing aboard. So watch out for that car as well. They're cleaning the windshield, not yet taking off the tear-off for the number 55. Uh, so the Proton Competition car getting pretty normal service. Thank you, Shea. Thank you, Shay. That's an interesting one that we've got uh, the Proton Competition car filling up with fuel, doing a driver change, but keeping the same tyres on. That's interesting to do a driver change and not do a tyre change as well. But um, Proton Competition will have it all planned out. You can be sure of that. So uh, carry on with our VP Racing Fuel in-race update. Ben Keating leading the way in LMP2 then. Uh, from the 35 TDS racing car, Francois Hérault. Then it's another Francois, Francois Perrodo, number 88 AF Corsa. Uh, they've moved ahead as the uh, Proton competition car came in for service. In LMP3, it's Gabby Chavez for the number 36 Andretti uh, LMP3 team, who lead from the Sean Creech Motorsport number 33 car of Lance Wilsey. Then it's the 43 car of Guillem de Oliveira. In GTD Pro, well, we heard from Alex Riberas earlier, driver of the 23 car, of just how much fun they're having at the front there. No wonder. Well, his teammate David Pittard's doing a super job holding off the determined Jax Hawksworth in the uh, Vassar Sullivan Lexus RCF GT3 car number 14 in GTD Pro. Your leader in GTD is Mikel Grenier for the Kortov Mercedes team car number 32. Then it's another Mercedes car 79. WeatherTech Racing, Daniel Juncadela. And then another Spaniard, Antonio Garcia for Corvette Racing car number three. So Mikel Grenier being chased by two determined Spaniards there as well. So that is your VP Fuel in-race update, the official coolant of IMSA, stay frosty.